It's an Ask Me Anything episode of The Possibility Mom live today on the podcast. I'm going to be answering some pretty juicy questions, if I do say so myself, that have come in through my Instagram and feel free to ask me any questions live. We're tackling some juicy FAQs today on The Possibility Mom live. There are some questions that I get asked all the time, and then there are some curveballs that my audience sometimes asks me, and so recently I asked on my Instagram, at Lisa Canning, if you're not already following all my antics of raising nine children and running a business at the same time, follow me over there, at Lisa Canning on Instagram, but I recently asked, what are some questions that you have always wanted to ask me, and so today I'm tackling some in no particular order, but there are some juicy ones that I think are going to be kind of fun to answer. All right, let's go. In no particular order, some of these are very common. Some of these I get asked all the time. Some of them are kind of interesting and a little bit more unique. So let's go. Question number one, who helps with the kiddos? Do you have a nanny? So I have answered this question many times. I have YouTube videos about how we have approached Childcare in the past, we used to have a nanny who lived in our home full time when we lived in Canada. When we moved to Florida, no more nanny. We have currently gotten some beautiful people, some college age students, as well as um, not college age students, um, not college age people who help us with our kids, but primarily my husband and I take turns with the children, and then we have currently a beautiful college-aged gal who has regular shifts during the day as well as in the afternoon and evening. And then we just recently started working with a beautiful um, woman who is a mom herself and she is retired and she is just been such a blessing and comes in several times a week. Uh, So right now I do not have a full-time nanny. We rely on the help of babysitters and um, people who come in and assist our family with laundry and other things. The biggest thing in my home that needs help with is laundry and just general upkeep of tidying and mess. Those are the biggest things that that I need help with right now. Question number two, how did you get on HGTV? So if you are not aware, I started my television career in front of the camera hosting a show called Marriage Under Construction. This was in 2007, and it was in the early, early days of reality television in the interior design space. My show, Marriage Under Construction, was one of the first shows on HGTV Canada that were a little bit more docudrama style. So meaning shows in the past, Sarah Richardson, Brian Baumler, uh, Mike Holmes, those were the people who were really, really popular when my HGTV career launched. Those shows were a little bit more scripted. So meaning 
it was them talking to camera. Sarah Richardson would give all these lessons about how to coordinate fabrics and whatnot. Marriage Under Construction was one of the very first shows that was more documentary based and was capturing real life, real people. They wanted someone who had no interior design training, very little experience. And so here comes Lisa, a very young Lisa Santos back then. My maiden name is Santos. I'm of Filipino origin. Okay. Uh, And the way that I got that gig was through a mom at my high school. I went to a performing arts high school in Toronto, Canada, where I was born and raised. And there was a mom who worked in the television industry. And I was student council president. And she would see me speak and was constantly like, you need to be on TV. Like, have you ever thought about being on TV? You are so natural at speaking. You should totally consider this as a career. And I remember being like, Mrs. DeCastro, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I just remember being like, that's a career. Like, people are on TV. At that time, the way I perceived television, which isn't too far off, I think, from reality at that time, was the only way you got on TV was when you were an actor or you were a news anchor. Reality TV self-made stardom, quote unquote, was simply not a thing. Social media did not exist back then, or it was in its very, very, very early, early, early um, stages. We're talking 2007 here when I launched my TV career. So she put me in touch with a production company who put me on a very quick show called Much 911, which was Canada's version of MTV. They had a little reality show where viewers would call one of the VJs, if anyone remembers what those were called. (laughs) One of the VJs would go and rescue them. uh, And they needed a designer to do a show. I got paid $200 to do an enormous amount of work. And I did two episodes of this little show. When they were launching Marriage Under Construction, I came to mind. And that is how I launched my HGTV career. Marriage Under Construction went on to air in something ridiculous like 30 five plus countries around the world. And that is how my interior design brand launched. So it all came down to Mrs. DeCastro. Thank you, Mrs. DeCastro for recognizing my gift of gab in high school. (laughs) That is how I got started on HGTV. And then I worked in front of the camera and behind the camera for many, many years, including on the team of the Property Brothers. Okay, next. What do your family holidays look like? So again, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at Lisa Canning. I just shared, it was so fun. We just did a recent family vacation in Miami. uh, And this is what our family vacations look like. They are lazy. Like meaning when I go on vacation, I really like to pick a property that has enough entertainment for the kids so that if we feel like truly just staying home and not necessarily going out to see the attractions of the city that we're visiting, we feel very free to because the kids have lots of things to do. So I always try to pick a property when we do rentals. We no longer do hotels because my family size is just too big. I'd have to do at least three or four hotel rooms, honestly, at this point. And it's just difficult to divide and conquer. Even if we get suites, it's just not really conducive for a family my size. 
And so we always do a rental property and we have been fairly lucky in the past with really, really fun locations. The one that we just stayed in, in Miami, had a pool and a basketball court and a playground set. So there was something for all ages. Uh, and so I really like to make the property we stay in really, really interesting. Um, and then I would say we do one outing a day. I am not, if, okay, if I was single or even just married, maybe even one kid, maybe I would be tempted to do like five things a day. But at the stage that I'm at with my family, one outing, one outing per day, if we squeeze in another one, that's great. But it's typically just one outing a day with all of us. And then depending on the season that we are in in our family, we're now moving into a period where I have much older children who can actually babysit and be enormously helpful. Moms listening to this who feel like you cannot travel with a bunch of kids, I just want to share with you, there is hope. (laughs) Children eventually are able to walk on their own and not put themselves into calamity. So now with a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old, we can fairly reliably get them to coordinate the little kids, change diapers. Um, Actually, my four oldest kids are all incredibly, incredibly um, competent and confident at helping us with with the babies. So it's just pretty... I would hear other moms talk about this when I was younger and I'd be like, no, it's never going to happen. It's never going to get easier. I'm never going to travel again. But I just, I promise you, nine kids in Miami, we had the best time. I love museums. Like I really love um, history. And so when we were in Miami on this last visit, we visited the Vizcaya Museum and Gardens and it got a little hairy in the spaces where you know you're looking at like 1000 year old artifacts maybe not that old more like 200 year old artifacts um and all the signs clearly say do not touch this is a historic artifact <laughs> so it got a little hairy in the actual museum part because you know my children just naturally the little kids were very curious about things and you know i have four little children um who really do need to be monitored. And so it got a little hairy in the actual museum part. But once we were in the more open spaces and the outdoor gardens and the outdoor museum, um, it was actually pretty smooth sailing. So that is what family holidays look like. I also try whenever possible to bring in a babysitter, even for just a portion, even when we're on holiday. So For example, Miami is a drive from where I live in Ave Maria, Florida. And so we actually attempted to bring our regular babysitter, but then something happened with her car and it just didn't work out. But long story short, I even try when possible to get a babysitter um, in the place I'm going to be, whether I bring one in or we simply hire somebody locally based on a connection that we might have. Okay. Next question. How worth it is it? to invest in skincare. Okay, listen. I I would say that in the past you could 100% have called me a beauty snob, meaning that I was just very very used to high-end products from 
high-end department stores. And the way that I got so hooked on this stuff is because I, in Toronto, uh, have a lovely friend who is a beauty influencer. She has a huge YouTube channel. Her name is Rach Loves, if you want to go check her out. And we have done some work in the past where I was uh, doing some interior design in her home. She gets gifted so much product from these luxury brands, and her skincare is drastically, excuse me, her skin color is drastically different than mine. And so she would be like, take all this product that like clearly is not going to work for my face. And so I got just very, very accustomed to these high-end brands. And what I will say is that where the investment is worth it is in clean ingredients. Because when you think about it, something that costs in the department store, and this is, or excuse me, in, in the grocery store, like in the regular store, and this is not, I wouldn't say universal, but I would say one should think about it every time. When something is $1.99, I just want to invite you to think about how is it possible that this product can be $1.99. And I want you to just consider what is in this product that allows it to be so cheap. Recently, my husband has been on a very big education um, trip, let's say, on oils and what are in these very inexpensive oils. Forgive me, I can't remember. I should know this because I feel like it's canola is the kind of oil that he is like eh, hard no against. I think it's canola. But when you start to research how these things are made, like how canola oil is made, and you start to realize that it's, there are consequences to things that are not that expensive. Like by the, by the fact that it's not that expensive, it means that, um, you know, I don't know that, I don't know how to explain it succinctly, but there are some consequences naturally that occur when something is inexpensive, not the case universally, but I would say that it's something that we should ponder when we are making investments, particularly on things that go on our body or that we are consuming. And so is it worth it to invest in skincare? I would say primarily for the ingredients that one should really just think about what is going in here. Now, there are some clean products that exist that are what I would say entry level prices. And again, I just invite everybody to always pay attention to the ingredients. So in short, my opinion, it's worth it to invest in skincare because of the ingredients that you are putting on your face that are entering your bloodstream that are going to impact your um, hormones and all that stuff. I have no thyroid and I have been pregnant or nursing or, um, you know, in various different uh, stages uh, that impact my hormones, um, having thyroid cancer and dealing with all the things that I deal with, with my thyroid has made me a little bit more sensitive to hormones and what that does to our body. So I believe it is worth it. Okay. This was a fun question that came in. How do your older kids spend their time when they are at home and is your house loud? Okay. First question is when my kids are home, they're often playing with each other. Um, 
I have a lot of readers in my house. They love to read and uh, they're often playing with each other. They're either playing with each other, playing board games. Um, we occasionally, you know, we have a classic Nintendo, like the old school. It's actually, excuse me, it's a super Nintendo. So we have that old school game system that has like, I don't know, 20 games on it or something. So we have times in the week when they're allowed to do that. Um, or they're playing with each other or they're playing with their younger siblings. We live in a town where access to their friends is fairly easy. So that happens often. Is my house loud? When they are all together, and let me just tell you, I live in a house that's, I think, about 4,000 square feet. And um, they all prefer, I, I joke about this all the time. Why did we build this beautiful big house when they all just want to be in the same like 200 square feet? It's really quite, to be honest, it's a lovely problem to have. So yes, my house is sometimes loud. But we were just talking about this last night at Thanksgiving at a friend's house. What is a beautiful asset of a home as large as mine is when we do send them upstairs, when we do send them to be loud in the garage or upstairs, which are the places that typically we're like, go <laughs> be wild over there. Um, the house is large enough that, you know, they're on like the opposite end of the home. So that is in our favor. Okay, finally. Juicy question. Do I practice NFP? For those of you who might not be familiar with this term, natural family planning is the term used for um, being aware of your fertility and either choosing to be intimate so that you can conceive or choosing to avoid being intimate so that you do not conceive. We have had 10 children in basically 13 years. I'm going to allow you to make some conclusions around if I use NFP or not. I'm, I'm joking. I'm being a little bit silly. I do not, we do not use NFP. I remember when I was learning NFP uh, as a young 23 year old, I was like, I'm going to be the best student at NFP. I'm going to know everything there is to know about these stickers and all these observations you are supposed to make. I don't think they use stickers anymore. I was just, I was uh, invited to speak as a guest on um, a, a college uh, college class here at Ave Maria. And I brought this up and then I, it occurred to me, I was like, I don't think anybody, I don't think stickers even get used. <laughs> anymore. Um, I think it's all digital now when you learn NFP, but long story short, I thought I was going to be this, the star student of how to learn and that I would want to control it all. So, um, in such a controlled way, uh, but just to make, you know, not to give away too many details of my intimate life, but we just started being open and it came very naturally and gradually to the point where we just became became trusting, I guess, in the timing of our family. And so then I may very well use NFP again in the future. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. And I'll be honest with you. It's a question I ask my spiritual director all the time. How do you know? How do you know, like when it's the time? Um, how do you know when you are supposed to have a child or not. And just my answer to that question is that we have trusted the Lord with the timing of our family. And that has never failed us. That has always 
provided or produced incredible results, both on a time and energy and money front and just in a relationship with the Lord front. So it has never steered me wrong to trust the Lord with the timing of my family. And I say that with so much sincerity. Um, But I agree, this is a topic that I think we could talk lots more about. And if this is something that you are interested in, uh, just a my perspective, which is a Catholic perspective of a mom of um, nine on earth and one in heaven, uh, let me know what you want to hear about. Connect with me on Instagram at Lisa Canning. And if this is something you want to hear about more, happy to talk about it. We like to be, you know, <laughs> open about all the things. Alrighty, that is all the time I've got today for this episode of the Possibility Mom Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend. Connect with me on Instagram at Lisa Canning. What questions did I not answer today that you wish I did? We can do another one of these in the future. All right, my friends, have a great day. Are you a dream chasing mom who wants to keep God at the center of her personal and business development? If that is you, I want to invite you to join me inside of my brand new group coaching experience, Wealth Without Guilt. This group coaching experience is for the emerging or experienced business owner who wants to clear up her mindset, clear up her thoughts around money, around her mission, needs the reminder and the clarity that there is something that she uniquely has been called to do and that unique mission has been placed there by God. Wealth Without Guilt is an experience where you will get live coaching from me on your mindset, on the thoughts that are holding you back, as well as practical training, practical skills on how to build a personal brand online via my over 10 years experience building a business and a brand both online and off. Wealth Without Guilt is for the entrepreneur who wants to ensure she is not going to sacrifice her faith her family, or what matters most. She wants to build a business and build impact and build wealth all while being the best mom, wife, and homemaker she can be. And you can join me inside Wealth Without Guilt today. Doors are open today by visiting bit.ly slash wealth without guilt. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash wealth without guilt. I'd love to see you inside our community.